You see, folks, ever since I came back to Tank or Anchor, the only reason why is because I'm really good at doing it. But if you want to create your own podcast with absolutely free, with no wires attached, no strings attached, let me. It's a, and it's the answer is Anchor from Spotify. Let me say this: Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast without all the hassles. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me break it down for you. Create with creation tools, tools, tools. They will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's intuitive episode builder, you can visualize, edit, and arrange your segments without an instruction manual. Record remotely with up to four people, no matter where they are in the world. And with Anchor's built-in audio library, you can also add background tracks, transitions, and sound effects to your show. And of course, they're going to distribute to your po- your podcast. Let Anchor do that for you. It can be heard on most of the po- popular listening platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And looking, and if you want to look for make look to make money from your podcast, you can with no minimum listenership required. With Anchor sponsorships, you can earn money every time people listen. Listen, no matter the size of your audience, you can also collect easily collect monthly donations from your fans right from your Anchor profile. And of course, they're still not a percent free. Hey. With no monthly fees, no trial period, no strings attached, no subscription necessary. That's why I get all my stuff done with Anchor. Because I listen to the, uh, that's why I do this podcast for years. I guess for, and now, you can too. This is the uh, nick of it as the excellence in podcasting. Want to get, want to get Anchor? Download the free Anchor app on the Google Play Store or App Store. Or go to anchor.fm to get started on your journey to, into podcasting. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. To get, and you can get started on your show. No. Without any strings attached. No wonder Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And now, on to our feature presentation. From our studios here in the Great South Bay in Long Island, New York, this is the Home Turf Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Matthew Outlay. Broadcasting from Long Island, right here on the Great South Bay, and this is the Home Turf Sports Podcast. Right here on the Home Turf Radio Network, I'm Matthew Holly. I'm your host. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. We're glad to be here tonight everywhere across the country. Because right now, I mean, as of right, folks, as of right now, let me say this. The New York Yankees are now moving on to to the American League Championship Series. Coming up in a few minutes, come up in like a, like tomorrow. The end of course, they'll take on the Houston Astros in Houston. Right now, as we speak, right now, as we speak, the Philadelphia Phillies are playing the San Diego Padres in one of the National League Championship Series. I mean, 
This is kind of rushing. This is kind of like rushing it. You what you you put a game in the ALCS in the American League, you give it the National League Championship Series up against the American League Divisional Series in the same day. That's pretty much rushing it. I mean, couldn't you wait until you get everything done? You get everything done. But the end of the but you could tell that the Yankees got the job done. Nesta Corda has got the win, and we got ourselves a great, great team. J.L. Stanton, Homer to the bottom of the first, Aaron Judge added that, added that, added that. It, and Rizzo gave us a win hitter, and of course, five to one was the score, five to one is the score. And, of course, that, they're moving on to the ALCS. Because right now I'm going to give you the ape, the Associated Press recap. Then I'll give you the analysis from, from CBSSports.com. Of course, here's what the AP says. Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge staggered Cleveland with early homers. And the New York Yankees rocked past the Guardians 5-1 to earlier today in the decisive Game 5 of their American League Divisional Series, setting up another rematch with Houston for the pennant. With two on and two outs in a, two, in a knife, and ace Garrett Cole warming, warming up in case, Miles Straw hit a game-ending grounder to shortstop Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who threw the second for the final out. Glaber Torres stepped onto the bat, on the bag to end it, then mimicked rocking a baby with the ball. A jab at Guardian slugger Josh Naylor, who made the motions rounding the bases after a homer off Cole in Game 4. Of course, manager Yankees manager Aaron Boone won his gamble by starting Nestor Cortez on three days rest over Jamison Talon, Talon, making the late switch after Monday's rain caused a postponement. Yeah. Cleveland manager Terry Francona stayed the course of Aaron Civale. Savale. Instead of switching the 2020 Cy Young win Award winner Shane Bieber on short rest, Savale had trouble drawing strikes, and the Guardians never recovered from Stanton's three-run homer just 21 pitches in. Tylon Tylon will start Wednesday's night's American League Championship Series at Houston, which goes with Justin Verlander. The American League matchup features the league's top two regular season teams in one with the 106 Astros and a 99-win Yankees, contra a contrast to the NL Championship between wildcard San Diego and Philadelphia. Houston beat the Yankees in a seven-game championship series in 2017 and over, and over six games in 2019. The Astros went on to win in 2017, but, was, but were later were found to have used a video camera to signal opposition pitches to their batters. Yeah, we knew that one was we knew that one was tainted. Cortez dominated with a three ball, three hit ball for five innings for the win. Yeah, they said just the cherry on top. Jonathan Loas Loasiga, Clay Holmes, and Wendy Baralta finished with five hit scoreless relief. And of course, Booney said just the legend of Nestor. Honestly, going in, I would have been really excited about ten batters. Cortez gave him more than that. And the bullpen closed it out as the sellout crowd of 48,000 
178 cheer, the Yankees lined up across the field for handshakes, much like after regular season wins. Of course, the ALA champion New York, seeking its 28th title in the first since 2009, maybe without Aaron Hicks in Houston. The left fielder came out of the game after hurting his left knee in a third inning collision with rookie shortstop Oswaldo Cabrera. Of course, the, the, of course, the Guardians, the American League Central champs, are the youngest team in the majors. And with a $68 million payroll, that's a fraction of the Yankees' $274 million, remained without a championship since 1948. That was when they were known as the Cleveland Indians at the time. The Guardians led 2-1 in the best-of-five series, before the Yankees won 4-2 behind Cole on Sunday to force the series back to New York. And of course, Jerry Francona said, I know they are hurting right now because they care, and they worked unbelievably hard. This needs to be a starting place for us. This can't just be a good story this year. We need to take this and go, because I think we have a chance to have something really special. Cleveland has lost 11 straight postseason elimination games, a major league record. Of course, the Guardians seemed jarred by the early deficit and failed to ask for a video review in the fourth, fourth inning when Andres Jimenez clearly beat a diving Anthony Rizzo in the first to the first base bag. Francona said he ran out of time. Ring had cleared out, and the game began with left in center field and brilliant sunshine on a 57-degree afternoon. Of course, there were scattered empty seats for the 407 start, PM start, and fans loudly booed Nealer, whose exuberant rock-the-baby home run throughout Sunday got New York's attention. <laughs> fans serenaded Nealer with rocky motions and chanted, Who's your daddy? As they did for Boston's Pedro Martinez two decades earlier. I remember that one. I grew up. I grew up. I grew up with the Yankees for years. It was always part of that Yankees Red Sox rivalry. That's always stuck with me. And Cortez, a fan favorite with his hesitation delivery that he used in the fifth, allowed one run, struck out two, and walked one while throwing 61 pitches. Stanton and Judge homered twice each in a series, and New York out-homered Cleveland 9-3 while scoring 16 of its 20 runs on long balls. Judge became the first player with four homers in the winner-take-all postseason games, breaking a tie with Yogi Berra, Muscoan, Stanton, Didi Gregorius, and Troy O'Leary. Of course, Civale, the 27-year-old right-hander, was in Cleveland's rotation before being sidelined three times this season with injuries. He appeared flustered, throwing just 12, 6, 26 pitches for strikes, getting only one swing and a miss, and just one out. Torres walked on four pitches. Leading off, just struck out on a full count, curveball, and Zavalli hit Rizzo on the left thigh with a pitch. Zavalli started standing with an outside curveball in the dirt, and pitching coach Carl Willis went to the mat. Zavalli threw a cutter that missed low and outside, and catcher Austin Hedges Set up on the low outside corner, Savali let a cutter up, and Stanton lined it 379 feet into the short right field porch. A drive that would be a home run in only three of the 30 major league ballparks. Savali faced just one more batter, leaving after the Josh, uh, Josh Donald infield single. 
What did Jerry Francona say after about him? He didn't just come. He just didn't come out of come out commanding very well. I felt terrible taking him out that quickly, but I just think I just don't didn't think we could give up anymore. Well, Judge hit an opposite. Mr. Field drive to right in the second on a curveball from left-hander Sam Hentges. Judge's 13th postseason homer. The Yankees are 27 and two. When Stanton and Judge homer in the same game. Jose Ramirez broke Cleveland's run with a sacrifice, sacrifice fly in the third after the bloop single down the left field line by rookie Stephen Kwan, the play that caused Hicks' injury. Kwan was 9 for 21 in the series. And of course, and of course, playoff rounds overlapped onto the same day for the first time in Major League Baseball history with the NL Championship Series starting about 50 minutes after the final. And of course, there are a lot of ouches there. <laughs> Rizzo, kind of Falafa, Harrison Bader were all hit by pitches that game too. Of course, six they sent it to for hospital for an MRI. Right-handed pitchers Juan Marinaccio and Frankie Montes were at Yankee Stadium and were sent to travel for Houston to use it for possible activation. Andrew Benatendi is unlikely. Well, let's take, well, of course. The Guardians will open next year at Seattle against when they go to, to Seattle at T-Mobile Park, March 30th. Yanks are going to Houston on thir- on Wednesday. And now we move on to R.J. Anderson from CBS Sports with his analysis of the game. He said the ALDS is finally over, and the New York Yankees are heading to the ALCS. Tuesday afternoon, the Yankees bested the Cleveland Guardians in a winner-take-all game five at Yankee Stadium. Five to one, the Yankees win. They now head to Houston to face the Astros for the American League pennant, while Cleveland heads home to start the season on March 30th, 2023, when they play Seattle at in Seattle. The best of five ALDS went the distance and also featured two rainouts across eight days. Of course, the decision to start Nestor Cortez. Worked out wonderfully for New York in the Yankees' two towering power hitters. Giancarlo to Stanton and Aaron Judge put runs on the board early to give them breathing room. The Guardians were playing from behind all game and the decision to start Aaron Savale over Shane Bieber on short rest backfires spectacularly. Let's take a look at, at five tick, how five tick ways that. Number one, Stanton hit another October homer. Wow, and of course that's a good start. When the Guardians opted to start Savale in Game 5 rather than Bieber on short rest, it certainly came through as a questionable decision. Bieber is one of the game's very best pitchers, and when your season is on the line, you want your best out there. Instead, Cleveland went with Savale, their homer-prone number 4 starter. Terry Francona said about that decision prior to Game 5 when asked about it. I mean, we just feel like it's the right thing to do for him and us. Yeah, how did that turn out? The decision to start Savali backfired immediately. He opened a game with a four-pitch walk to Glaber Torres. Hit Anthony Rizzo with a two-strike pitch. Then served up a three-run opposite field home run to Stanton to put the Guardians in an early 3 nothing hole. <laughs> wow, did that backfire spectacular. 
a two-strike pitch, mind you. Then, because he just, like, I'm like, and because if you, um, like, put, if you, and if you throw, uh, throw a meatball at Geo Stanton, man, you really are that idiotic. It backfired. The home run was Stanton's second of the series, and it's 11th in 23 career postseason games. Tied with Carlos Beltran for the most homers through 23 co career postseason games. And Stanton has gone deep 10 times in his last 15 postseason games. And with that homer, the Yankees scored a first inning run runs in three of the five ALDS games. Wow. And then there's that milestone homer from Aaron Judge. It was a season of milestones with Judge, and the 62 homer man made more history in Game 5. His second inning solo homer gave the Yankees a 4-0 lead and was also his fourth career home run in a winner-take-all postseason game. That's the most in history. And of course, Judge had previously gone deep in the 2017 and 2018 AL wildcard games and gave five of the 2020 ALDS. His fourth winner-take-all homer broke a tie with Stanton, Yogi Berra, Didi Gregorius, Troy O'Leary, and Muscawin. They all had three each. O'Leary is the only one of those players who had never played for the Yankees. Never. And Nortez went through five innings, three hits, one run, one, one walk, two strikeouts. What a game What a game he had. What a game he had Six, on 61 pitches. The two starting pitcher decisions could not have worked out any differently. Rather than use Monday night's rainout to start Bieber on short rest Tuesday, the Guardians stuck with Savale, who gave up gave up three runs and got one out. Cleveland's bullpen did do did do fine work holding the Yankees down though through down though. Four relievers limited to New limited New York to run one in seven two seven and two third innings. The Yankees, meanwhile, used to rain out to start Cortez on short rest in game five, and he was marvelous. He held the Guardians to one run in five innings and needed only sixty one pitches to do it. On short rest, the Yankees couldn't have expected anything more from Nasty Nestor. He was terrific. And of course, Cleveland had two chances to get back into the game. First, the Guardians loaded the bases with one out in the third, but only got one run on a Jose Ramirez sacrifice fly. Then in the sixth, they put the first two runners on base, but two ground outs and a strikeout killed the rally without a run, crossing the plate. Those were the best opportunities to get back into game five. The Guardians, otherwise never threatened against Cortez and three Yankee relievers, Jonathan Loasiga, Clay Holmes, and Juan Peralta. Peralta, it should be noted, faced Josh Naylor and Jimenez in all five ALDS games. They are Cleveland's top two lefty bat, and Peralta held him to 0-8 with four strikeouts and a double play. Can't do anything better than that. Peralta is the first pitcher ever to appear in all five in a single ALDS. One team went with its rested number four starter. The other went with its fatigued number two starter. The, the team that rolled the dice with its best available pitcher won game five and is going to the ALCS. Uh, and the Giants and the, and the Guardians, I mean, had a, non, had a bad non-challenge. 
It was a rough American D ALDS for Cleveland's replay coordinator. The Guardians went over two, over two on challenges in Game Two, even though both calls were obviously correct upon the first replay viewing, and never should have been challenged. Videos, of course, of that if you go on to, to CBSSports.com. Then in Game Five, the Guardians did not challenge Andre Jimenez's would-be infield single in the fourth inning. Rizzo came out short at first base. Of course, the Guardians were down 4-1 at the time. They needed all the base runners they could get. Maybe nothing comes out of that. There were two outs in the inning. But you have to at least try a challenge, don't you? Even if you believe he was out, that's certainly close enough to challenge. Not everything needs to be a slam dunk. No, no shame in trying a toss-up. Alas... That, that didn't work out. And Cleveland's historic losing streak continues. With a game seven loss, Cleveland has now lost 11 consecutive postseason elimination games, extending the longest such streak, the such losing streak in baseball history. It dates all the way back to game seven of the 1997 World Series. Cleveland has also lost eight consecutive winner takeoff postseason games. Their last 11 World Series games in chronological order. 97 World, 97 World Series. Game 7. They lost to the Florida Marlins. 3-2. 98 and 98 game. That was when they were Cleveland Indians. 1998 ALCS. Game 6. They lost to the Yankees. 9-5. A American League Divisional game. Game 5, which, and of course, a 12-8 to loss to the Red Sox. It was a winner-take-all game. They lost. Of course, another year. They lost to the Mariners. Winner-take-all. In, winner in, in Game 5. 3-1. They lost 3-1. They lost 3-1. They lost 3-1. And then, fast forward to 20, 2013. They lost four they, in a wild card game. Lost. They were shut out by the Rays. Four nothing. World Series when they were the last. When they were known as the Indians as well. They lost to the Cubs in Game Seven, eight to eight to seven. That that game ended the Cubs one hundred and one hundred and eight years of not winning the big one. And the following year, the following year, five two loss to the Yankees. In Game 5, ALDS. In the game, game 3, they lost to the Astros. And, the, and of course, they lost in the Wilds Card Series Game 2. 10-9 to the Yankees. And of course, they lost to the Yankees again. This time as the Guardians. Wow. Talk about your misery. That is like ugly. Those demons are hard to beat. There was there were some real heartbreakers in there, including Edgar Renteria's championship clinching walk-off single in '97, and the World Series loss in 2016. Cleveland still has not won a postseason elimination game since Game Six of the '97 World Series a quarter century ago. They'll have to wait until 2023 to exercise those demons 
Or they could not just not play an elimination game. <laughs> what a mm, that that right there tells you. Of course, for the Guardians, they've been eliminated. The Yankees now move on to play the Astros in the ELCS. That begins Wednesday night at Minute Maid Park. It will be the third time in the last six years the Yankees and Astros have met in the ELCS, with the Astros winning their 2017 and 2019 matchups. Justin Verlander, 18 and 4, 3, 1.75 ERA. And Jamison Tylon, 14 and 5, 3.96 ERA will be the Game 1 starters. The winner of the Astros versus Yankees ALCS will take on the winner of the Padres versus Phillies NLCS in the World Series. That right there tells you right where you want them. The Yankees are moving on. The Guardians are heading home. How sweet it is, my man. How sweet it is to be a Yankee fan. Because I, because the Yankees are in the play, are in the ALCS for n another year. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've been there, but now we're getting back to the swing of things. We're getting back to winning. That's exactly what this Yankee team needs to do. Bottom line, and we'll be. And let me say this. I hope they're ready for Houston. They may be the same team, but nothing's the same. Some faces say some faces say, say are say are there, some are no longer there. They got to take the battle to Houston. We'll be right back right after this. Congrats! By the way, congratulations to the Yankees. They fit in the good luck on Wednesday. You're listening right now. You're listening to the Home Turf Sports Podcast right here on the Home Turf Radio Network. I know, I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that. Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the of Mac T-shirts, Long Island Toss T-shirts, Island Tribe T-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best butt shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check them out down on down on Route 110 and 10 next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's in the that's minutes from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long you got Rucker Harlem has Rucker Lincoln Queens got Lincoln, but Long, but Long Island has the map. Well, even though we didn't get a chance to do um, week five, week five for our scoreboard, but right now we're gonna we're gonna cover that that week. Plus, we're gonna have to recap week six as well. But we already cut. I already covered three of the games of week six. But let's take a look what happened in week five, and then we'll catch up to week six. Starting, let's start off with the Lions and Patriots of week five, and it was a shutout, twenty nine and nothing. That hurt. That hurt. That hurt the Lions a lot more. That hurt more than because right now you got a Patriots team doing good things, trying to build up that winning that winning reputation. But at the end of the day, 
that's all just all just that about that bookie Bailey Zappe. One hundred eight yards, a touchdown, and a pick. And of course, Jared Goff had like two hundred twenty nine yards in a pick. So what does that tell you? The running game, Ramondre Stevenson had one hundred sixty seven yards and twenty five carry and twenty five carries. That tells you right there that the that the Patriots are back in business. But even with Matt Jones out of it, meanwhile the follow, meanwhile the Pittsburgh Steelers and week five choked against the Buffalo Bills, thirty-eight to three, thirty-eight to three. And who better? And who better than Josh Allen? Four hundred twenty-four yards, four touchdown passes. That tells you right there, Kenny Pickett, three hundred twenty-seven yards on thirty-four fifty-two. One pick and of course seventy four point eight quarterback rating, so that really hurt. Down that's pretty much hurtful. And now, and of course Tom Brady got the last laugh against Arthur Smith and the and the Titans, and I mean the Falcons, fifteen to twenty one to fifteen. Tom Brady TB twelve three hundred fifty one yards and a touchdown, the higher passing rate in than that of. Marcus Mariota had 147 yards and one touchdown. That tells you between that shows you why the Buccaneers are the toast of the NFC South. The other team in the NFC South, the Seattle, the Seattle, New Orleans Saints, put the boots to the Seahawks that on Week Five, 39 to 32. It was all and it was all and all it. Geno Smith had a good game, 268 yards and three touchdown passes. Not bad, but Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, had went for 187 from 68 to 24, one touchdown on one pick. But Alvin Kamara really locked down the running game. Really showed you what he can do on the field. 103 yards and a fumble, so what? Down in Jacksonville. And of course, Lovey Claus came to town, beat the living daylights out of, and beat the living daylights of the Jaguars, 13 to six. Give Davis, Trevor Lawrence had 286 yards, two interceptions. And but Damian Pierce had a good game for the for the Houston Texans, 99 yards rushing and a touchdown. Tells you everything you need to know that the Titans are trying to get back on the winning side of. The Titans beat up on the lowly Commanders 3 21 17. Derrick Henry, 102 yards. Need I say more? Carson Wentz, two touchdowns and a pick. And it's 359 yards, or just, just as great, good, but not great enough. Brian, that really, that really bites them on their ass. Meanwhile, the Bengals. I mean, the Bears choked on some Viking pie. When the Vikings are now five and one, we're like four and one to start week five, and they won. And they won twenty nine to twenty two. Give Kirk, give Kirk Cousins the game ball. Two hundred ninety six yards on one touchdown and an interception. David Montgomery, of course, Justin Fields also won the ratings war. One hundred eight point one eighteen point eight. Had a touchdown, so what? Nothing new. David, but the game goes to Dolphin Cook. 94 yards, two touchdowns. 
dude's really good. Meanwhile, the Chargers won a close one in Cleveland. 30-28. Tells you everything you need to know about this team. And Justin, Justin, the cool band, Herbert, threw for 228 yards on 22 for 34. Well, touchdown and had a good game. Meanwhile, Jacoby Brissett had a touchdown and a pick, 230 yards. So basically, was Austin Eckler rumbling and rumbling. 173 yards, touchdown. That tells you right there that that mm, LA is trying to claw back into that in AFC West race, if you will. And now, and then, then we move on to the other side. They got Matt Rule fired. The game that got Matt Rule fired. 37-15 San Francisco. Man, it was a showcase for Jimmy G. 353 yards, two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, dude, bro. Not a good game for him. He's on. He's that really hurt. And now we move on. And now we move on to the other game. On a, now, now we move on to the other game. The the the, the Amer- America's team whipped there. The Phoenix Super Bowl winning. Super Bowl winning. Winner Super Bowl winning Rams when it was Rams twenty two to ten. Give Cooper give Cooper Rush the game ball, but actually he did have he didn't throw it for a touchdown. Matt Stafford with three hundred and eight yards and touchdown, but he had a pick. So what? He had a that was pretty much a good game for him. Give Tony Tony Pollard eighty six yards and a touchdown. That was you all you need to know about about the. About the rushing, the rushing issues the the Cowboys have, and that tells you right there. The Eagles moved on to five and zero to start the season on week five and week five. When they whipped the Arizona Cardinals twenty to seventeen, Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts, two hundred thirty nine yards. Kyler Murray, 250 yards. Well, that tells you right there. What's going on. Of course, Jalen Hurts makes the Eagles go. They're top dogs in the AFC, in the NFC East. Meanwhile, the Ravens eat up a can, eat up a candy, eat up some candy corn on their way to the stadium and beat up the Bengals, 19 to 17. Justin Ducker. Mr. Tuck, Mr. Tucker's triple tester, automatic, had done real good. And of course, Lamar Jackson, 174 yards and one touchdown, one pick. Eh, same, same as Burrow, but he had more yards than than uh, Lamar Jackson, 217 yards, 24-35. And of course, you got to give credit to that. Credit to that. And of course, Monday Night Football, the Raiders and the Chiefs. Classic AFC West rivalry dating back to the days of the AFL. Now, when they were though, when they started out in 1960, the Dallas Texans and the Oakland Raiders, and it proved that Josh McDaniels is a friggin' choke artist. 
30 to 29 Chiefs victory. The Patrick Mahomes 292 yards was the was his game to win. Four touchdowns to go with that. That Derek Carr two touchdowns to off based off his 241 yards. Man, nobody drew a pick. Kelsey's fourth touchdown game. Adam, at it, blame ball there. So that tells you that that and of course Josh Jacobs at 154 yards. Yeah, now we move on to week 16. And we're going to let's start. Let, we've already talked about the Giants and the Jets. Let's start talking about Thursday Night Football. And we need, and we have a, and of course, the Commanders beat the Bears 12 to 7 on a low scoring game. And of course, of course, Josh, Josh of course, Dante Pettis. Gave us a passing touchdown. Yay! First touchdown in a while on Thursday night. Not field goals. Nothing but field goals. Brian Robinson's rushing touchdown. Two point failed. Justin Fields shined a little bit brighter in passing rating. Touchdowns. He had a pick in that game. But so what? Of course, Brian Robinson was the story. Touchdown. One touchdown. And it got the got the job done, fan. And of course, we want fan. We want fan. Amazon should give us football fans a free year of Amazon Prime. After all this, and now we move on to the other games on a Sunday from week seven in week six. The, of course, the Vikings put the boot. To the minute to the Miami Dolphins, twenty-four to sixteen, in a show in a freak showing up with no with no two attack of a lover for the number game. Of course, the game went to Kirk Cousins, one hundred seventy-five yards, two touchdowns, high passer rating, one hundred four point two. Teddy Bridgewater went two hundred twenty three hundred twenty-nine yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Couldn't it be better. Dolphin Cook seventy-seven yard rushing game. Was the smart lighting game? Josh, Justin Jefferson had one of seven yards through the uh, receiving, so he did a so. Hence, Minnesota are still the NFC North team. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, is seething miserably. Meanwhile, Miles Garrett has passed Clay Matthews Jr. for the most sacks in Browns franchise history. Congrats to him, but. New England won again to the to, to the score of thirty-eight to fifteen. And of course, in that in that game, short Belichick ties Hallis with this three hundred twenty-fourth win. And of course, if he keeps up this pace, he will be more likely to overtake the legendary. John Shula. 347. It's gonna it's gonna take it. It's not gonna be easy. Oh four, not gonna be easy. Meanwhile, the man with of course in the winning percentage. The highest winning percentage, Guy Chamberlain. Vince Lombard Vince Lombardi and John Madden. And John Madden. So right then and there, you have to have it. That right there 
tells you all you need to do about Bill Belichick. So right now, 324. Wow. But meanwhile, in the passing game, meanwhile, the meanwhile, with particular top performers, Bailey Zappe and Jacoby Brissett did battle. Brissett went up against his former coach, and he did at a bad touchdown interception to Ratio and had 266 yards. Bailey Zappi, on the other hand, had 309 yards and two touchdowns. Wonderful game for him. That tells you right there that the, that New England is back in business of winning. Meanwhile, the Falcons took out the San Francisco 49ers 28-14. Of course, Mariota's three touchdown, three touchdown game. Actually, he ran for the year. He ran what? He ran for. He ran for one, two. Two and two touchdowns and one at 29 yards. He ran for and ran for one touchdown. It's 13 for 14 today. And of course, Jimmy G, 298, 296 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. What do you want me to say? That was pretty much. That was pretty much the court. Meanwhile. I wonder why Tom Brady got trouble with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now the Steelers are like 20 to eight. They lost. They were. They of course Tom Brady lost 20 to 18. And Tom and Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a ham. Tom Brady had a ham sandwich. Bob running probably during the game. 243 yards on one touchdown. Trubisky's 144 yards and a touchdown. But he had the higher rating over Thomas Edward Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Somebody help! Somebody help me make sense. And of course, we move on to New Orleans, where Ice where Joey Ice Ice the New Orleans Saints 20, 30 to twenty six. The Bengals. It's the Bengals win, of course. Joe bit Joe. I see Joe. Joe. I Joey Ice three touchdown passes, three on three hundred yards, one hundred twenty six passer rating. He was hell of a lot better than Andy Red. Andy Red, the big Red Dalton. He did. He did. But he did well, okay against his former team, but it was just not enough. If you know what I mean. In a in a showing of the of the. AFC South, probably the weakest division of football right now. And of course, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts put the boot to the Jacksonville Jaguars squad, 34-27. You can say that Trevor Lawrence had a good game, won a good game, 163 yards in on through the air, one touchdown, he had a, and, he had, and he had had a couple of touchdowns. To go with that, Trevor Lawrence, get that man a sack. Get that man a good day. Had a good day. Matt Ryan had a good big day. 389 yards in passing, three touchdowns. Cheeseburgers galore. Meanwhile, Mike Pittman had 134 yards in there, but he didn't go average anything. So that really helps. So that really, really surprised. And now we move on to. In NFC West showdown, Seahawks put the um, Seahawks beat the Cards. 
19 by score of well you would have guessed it 19 and 9 by 10 but you got Kenny Walker Kenneth Walker had a shine and when the game mattered the most you got the game he's got my game ball for that game 97 yards and a touchdown he really poofed he was good on the ground and of course that really helped that offense out Murray and of course that Murray had two yards that game so that really in a losing effort played through and of course they played Thursday night and now we move on to the other big two game uh, the next three two games the Los Angeles Rams woke up and beat the living daylights out of the Carolina Panthers in Steve Wilkes's first time as a head coach since his 2018 debacle with with Arizona 24 to 20 it was terrible and they were terrible it was and the, and the cards and the Panthers were terrible PJ Walker at 60 yards it was God, he was terrible. Matt Stafford was hell of a lot better, but to, even if he had a pick, he had a touchdown, 252 yards. Cooper Cup was an impact, but meanwhile, Allen Robinson had a good impact. Really, 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 really sad because the Panthers are, are are like my no team right about now. Do not root. Do not root for. Meanwhile. The rematch that didn't disappoint. There was those. It was the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chief and the Bills whipped the Chiefs twenty-four to twenty. Kenny Dorsey's got him playing good football. Good football. It was a battle of the air shells. Allen and Mahomes had Mahomes had three hundred twenty-nine yards for Allen, three hundred thirty-eight yards for Mahomes. Of course. Josh Allen had three touchdowns to his name. Mahomes had two touchdowns and two picks. Bills had and the Bills had and the, and the receiving core. You would have got him. Stephon Diggs had a had a good game, 148 yards. When he was target reception and 10 receiving yards, he was 13 targeted 13 times. He had a touchdown to go with that. One Juju Smith Schuster, five for five, 113 yards and a touchdown. So the Chiefs had so. The Chiefs are still, well, better than they were expected. Meanwhile, Sunday night, the Cowboys and the Eagles, the Cowboys like to look to make it a, knock the Eagles down a notch. Turns out that backfired too. The Eagles are now 6-0 and with that game, with that score, with that record, beating, that, beating America scene 26-7 in Sino. And although Cooper Rush had a good game, one, 81 yards, but he also had a terrible touchdown to interception ratio. Three interceptions, one touchdown. So, terrible for him. Cooper Rush, but meanwhile, Jalen Hurts on the other hand, 155 yards on two touchdowns. All of a game, better, positive. And of course, of course, that hurts America's team more often than not. Meanwhile, in a Monday night showcase between the two teams battling for that second spot. And, of course, the Broncos, I mean, 
somebody just, just fire Hackett already. This guy's not a good coach. They lost to the Chargers 19 to 16, lost by three. Russ Wilton Herbert was just like 238 yards, but he threw a intercession. But Wilson had 118 yards for the, for the, and this is probably stomach virus right now. Wilton, maybe it's time to limit his play, limit the play calling from Nathaniel Hackett because. It's not helping matters. And now we move on to the standings after week six. We know the bill we know the Bills are still the top dogs of the AFC East. Giant Jets are not too far behind. Four and two. Four and two after six after six weeks. Dolphins Patriots are tied for third in the AFC East. Meanwhile, the North. It's just a two-way tie between the Ravens and the Bengals. The Browns and Pitts and Steelers are 2-4 and four to start the season. And, uh, and it's like a battle for that spot right now. Battle for that spot must... Meanwhile, even with a better winning percentage, the Titans are right now 3-2 to start the season. The Indianapolis Colts are like down for second. Jags are third. And the Texans are dead last. It's probably a rebuilding year for Houston. Meanwhile, there's a two-way tie, two-way tie for first in the West. Chiefs being the top dog in that division right now. Chargers not far behind are still there, tied up, hanging by the skin of their teeth. Broncos are third, and the Raiders are in fourth. Meanwhile, the NFC East, the Eagles are still undefeated after six weeks. They are the top dogs of the NFC East. Giants are five and two, actually five and one, my. It's weak. Well, I'm thinking very hot, but I'm not really hard right, Ed, but right now, look at, but look at the Ben, but looking at them, they could be wild card. I'm amazed at the, at the progress they made. Cowboys are 4-2. and two. The Commanders are 2-4 and four to start the season. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the NFC North picture, a whole lot better. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. The 5-1, they are t- first, in the, four, first in that division. The Packers are 3-3. Three and three. The Bears are tied are third, and of course the Lions are one and four, and oof. Even with that loss, it's still a two-way tie for first place. The Buccaneers and Falcons have or not have these same identical records. The Saints are two and four. The Panthers are one and five. Even after rule after Matt Rule's firing, it didn't help much matters. Meanwhile, the AFC West is a three-way tie for first as the Liners, Rams, and Seahawks all have three and three records. The Cardinals are two and four. Now, looking at the wild card races, and if, of course, we are entering week seven. We know, of course, the Chargers, Jets, and Colts will make it to the playoffs if the season ended today. The Bengals, Dolphins, Patriots, Jags, Broncos, Browns, Steelers, Titans, and Raiders probably will miss out on the party. Meanwhile, in the AFC, in the NFC, the Eagles are the top, are tops in the NFC. They have them, of course, the Vikings and are ahead of that, are not are far behind, are not that far behind, five and one. Dang, the Bucks and Chiefs, Bucks and Niners are three and three, and they suddenly 
their division. Meanwhile, the wild card, looking a whole lot better. The Giants have the top spot while in the wild card. The Cowboys, four and two, this is the four and two, and the Rams are three and three. If the Packers miss the playoffs, it's probably worse. It couldn't get any worse. But, hey, hope springs eternal, my man. Hope springs eternal. And we'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Home Turf Sports right here on the Home Turf Radio Network. I know your shirts are bland, your hats are bland, your businesses are, businesses are bland, it's bland, so why not give it a facelift with L.I. Tops? L.I. Tops is, the, is Long Island's home for custom shirts, custom vats, and of course, putting up, putting up vinyl banners for you and all your stuff for, for your businesses and whatever have you. Long Island Tots is home to some of the with some of the best guys in the business to work to get this gift. Make sure your product stands out from the best. Don't forget to visit them. Don't forget to give them a chance to out. Li Chops, if it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's L I T O P E Ops. When. This is a rotten season for Washington, and I know this because I covered them a couple weeks ago, and now it's pretty much of a mess for that organization to be a friggin' monster. They are friggin' uh, they're they they are a monster, but they are a monster, right? The ugliest monster in professional football right now, and now. It becomes even messier, according to the score. Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay said earlier today he would support the decision to remove Dan Snyder as owner of the Washington Commanders. Of course, and he said, and of course, Ursay said, and Ursay told um, Tom Brock of Newsday, "I said it's a difficult situation. I believe there is merit to remove him as owner of the Commanders. I believe that's the road we have to go down." It's in the best interest of the National Football League, he t- added, according to Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback. And I personally agree with that. Of course, Ursay is the first team owner to publicly back the removal of Snyder. Snyder's ownership of the team has been widely criticized due to scandals and investigation into workplace conduct, and many around the NFL have pressured him to sell the team. A recent report from ESPN states that Snyder allegedly tried to influence other owners in the league office to maintain control of the commanders. He's reportedly said he has enough information to expose NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and, other, and fellow owners. The commanders have denied the, the accusations. Of course, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Ursi did say some of the things I've heard don't represent us at all. I want the American public to know that we are we're about as owners. I believe it is it's the it's in the best interest of the National Football League that we look at this squarely in the eyes and deal with it. Of course, Snyder called allegations of hiring private investigators to look into other NFL owners in Gundell patently false in a letter sent to all owners on Tuesday. And that let in that letter? 
What did he cover? What did he, what did Snyder, what did Dan Snyder say? That is patently false and intended to erode the trust and goodwill between owners and that I take quite seriously. I have never hired any private investigator to look into any owner or the commissioner. I have never instructed or authorized my lawyers to hire any private investigator on my behalf for any such purpose. And I never would. Yeah, pretty much a mess right there. I'm going to read the full letter in full in a moment. But right now, it'll take, it'll take, it'll take, it'll take, it'll take 2040, other 31 owners to vote for Snyder's removal. Of course, Ursay, uh, Ursay said Tuesday he believes that potentially the, there are are potentially, potentially are 24 votes, though there is no plan to vote on Snyder's status, according to Breer. He said, every owner looks at it differently. It's not something personal. It's about the interests of the NFL and how we are represented in the world. A commander's spokesperson addressed Ursay's comments in a statement on Tuesday. In a, of course, in a highly inappropriate, but not surprising, that Mr. Ursay opted to make statements publicly based on falsehoods in the media. It is unfortunate that Mr. Ursay decided to go public with a statement today while an investigation is in process and the team has no opportunity to formally respond to allegations. The commanders have made remarkable progress over the past two years. We are confident that when he has an opportunity to see the actual evidence in this case, Mr. Ursay will conclude that there is no reason for the Snyders to consider selling the franchise. And they won't. What? And of course, this reminds me of Al former Raiders owner Al Davis going up against former NFL commissioner Pete Rozelle and other owners in that when he was trying to move his franchise from Oakland to Los Angeles. Really, 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 the, the parallels are starting to come together. You know, Snyder has owned a team since 1999. That was when they were known as the Washington Redskins. In July 2021, the NFL fined the team $10 million and said Snyder would step away from day-to-day -day operations for several months after an independent investigation into Washington's workplace culture. The investigation, conducted by attorney Beth Wilkinson, began after 15 former female employees reported sexual harassment and or verbal abuse from club executives. Of course, additional ex-employees accused Snyder and other former members of the organization of sexual harassment and misconduct in 2020, leading to an ongoing investigation by the NFL. Ursay said, This is a situation that has a long, long history. There hasn't been this type of removal in the NFL, I think, at the, I think at this point, there has to be serious consideration to move forward. I'm very concerned that he needs to be removed. He added Belisera. Goodell addressed Ursay's comments on Saturday on Tuesday, telling members of the media that he, the report on the current commander's investigation will be shared once it's completed. According to EFL Network's Ian report, Goodell said, it's an ongoing investigation. When Mary Jo White is done with the investigation, we'll share the report. There's no reason for speculation until we have it. Haunting reminder of... The haunting reminder... Of Davis versus Roselle... When it comes to... Snyder versus the NFL...
in typical Dan Snyder fashion. Like, it's like, he was like, I want everybody to feel bad about me because Jim Mercy some bad things about me. Like, nobody's buying it. The only the the reason that this is coming up right now is because you did he did shitty some some crappy things. I apologize for using swear words here. He did some things that are very crappy. And people and people are trying to and people are calling him out on it. Like like when you have this rotten mess of it, rotten mess of ownership, this is really sad. Of course, Dan Snyder via rep, via rep, via the rep sheet sent a letter, sent a whole letter, sent a letter, which I'm gonna read in full right here. And I know it's a kind of a, it's kind of I need a, I need to really look at this here. And of course, he says, and that means I hope, dear to all the owners, I hope that you and your family are doing well. Of course, I would like to address a recent ESPN article that contains false and malicious statements about the Washington Commanders, our management team, and me and my family. It is, report, it is particularly shameful for ESPN to diminish the very real accomplishments. Of our president Jason Wright, who ESPN alleges was placed at the commanders by the league, and has no power to make things make real change. I know you. This I know you. I know you know. This is this this to be false. But unfortunately, ESPN ignored our efforts to correct the many falsehoods in their article before it, to its publication. There was one allegation in the ESPN article that I felt. It is important to address immediately. The article cited unnamed sources who said to address immediately. He, the article cited unnamed sources who said, We've been told that Snyder instructed his law firm to hire private investigators to look into other owners and Commissioner Goodell. That is patently false and intended. To erode the trusting goodwill between owners that I take quite seriously. I never hired any private investigator to look into my any owner or the commissioner. I have never instructed or authorized my lawyers to hire any private investigator on my behalf in, in, for any such purpose. And I never would. While we are fierce competitors on the field, we are a part of this organization because we love football, our teams, and our fans. Having the privilege to own a franchise... In America's sport is something I know none of us take for granted. Falsehoods and lies being spread about any of our organizations hurts our league, our players, and our fans. And we simply cannot let them go unchallenged. Thank you for taking the time to read us. If you have any questions, Ty and I are always available to answer them. And we look forward to discussing these issues with you at the appropriate time. Sincerely, Dan Snyder. If that doesn't tell you, he's probably covering up the dirt. He's trying to try to clean up that, but it's just bad. 
That's ownership, man. But at the end of the day, it's a mess all around. And for that organization, I guess it's worse. I guess it's worse for them. Wrap this up right after this. You're listening to Home Turf Sports on the Home Turf Radio Network. Now you can listen to Home Turf Sports on your on Google Podcasts. Check us out every weekday on our check out the link in our description to check out our new home for home just in case you don't even have Spotify nor Anchor. The Home Turn Sports Podcast every day on Anchor, Spotify, and now Google Podcast. Don't forget to check us out today. If you're listening to this, I know it's kind of late, but, you know, I'm still contemplating on doing this in the morning nowadays, so right now, so... No new show on Wednesday. We're probably going to take this to mornings now. But I'm glad you take the time to listen to us because right now, Hunter Sports is the voice of the sports fan. Bottom line. And I'm glad to be a part of that. Back next, I'm going to bet we'll be back on Thursday morning. No new show on Wednesday. So that's the, that's off the table. So enjoy your enjoy your day, enjoy your night, stay safe, stay well. Remember, don't be an idiot, don't be a jerk, be a decent human being. So long, everybody. We'll be back next time.